Jeff, um, I guess you're uh, getting ready for Christmas over there at uh, your place. We are. You know, we blew it. We missed it again. We, we totally forgot about Giving Tuesday. You know, all the ministries, they all highlight Giving Tuesday. There was one that I like. I got four emails in one day on Giving Tuesday reminding me that it's Giving Tuesday and there's matching and all this, but we never brought it up. For So we... Just another one of the launching of failures for the Fields Brothers. Show. Our marketing department Thank you for listening to the Fields let us Brothers down, show. evidently. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Well, I'm Roger Fields here with Jeff. We're in Central Kentucky. We're the Fields Brothers and um, two recovering pastors that like to talk about the grace of God and whatever else is going on around us. So anyway, Jeff, what you got? A little, a little quick note that I, I meant to mention this in the last podcast, and, and I'll keep it brief. Back to the Gaylord. You know, I was in the Gaylord, the Oak Ridge Boys and all this stuff. What oh, I learned, no. what I learned, the... don't drag it out, don't drag it out. <laughs> what I learned is uh, Matt McMillan, you know, our friend Matt that yeah, does a good job yeah, with the Facebook yeah, group and yeah. written some books and, and all this. Yeah. Bottom line is, I don't know if you saw, we got talking on, on one of the posts I have. He and I were both there at the Gaylord for um, probably a couple hours that Friday afternoon. Oh, really? and didn't know the other was there. Huh, he wow. was there with his wife and daughter for his daughter's birthday huh. that afternoon, like from 1 to 6, and we got there around 3.30 or 4. So he and, didn't um, stick around for the Oak Ridge Boys? So, no, yeah, he's a little not. too young for the Oak Ridge <laughs> Boys, <laughs> I think. I don't think yeah. the 18-year-old daughter necessarily would have gone for that for her yeah. birthday. But anyway, uh, I was kind of like, well, well. There I wish go. we would have known that. So yeah, that, that would have been interesting. Fun. But yeah, that's a great guy. And I've got later on. I'm, I may wait till later. I have an announcement that I've, I specifically have not told you about. It has to do with something coming up next year in relation to our podcast. Someone that's going to be in our area probably <laughs> later next year, and that we'll be able to have in studio on a podcast that I am very excited about, and I think some of our listeners will be excited about. Are you going to tell well, us now, or are you well, going to wait? I don't know. So I'm trying to think. Do I tell well, you? Should I go and tell you what now? What if I don't want this person? Of course, oh, you yeah. will. Okay. I'm probably going. Let me, some, please tell me he's not some golfer. No, no. Okay. <laughs> well, I honestly don't know if he plays golf or not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, probably ought to go ahead and say it now because I might forget later. All right. <laughs> so, All right. Who's coming? The um, It's highly probable it'll be early November. For the first half of November next November. year. So it's still a ways off. Yeah, it's so. a little ways off. <laughs> so, all right, what are you doing next yeah, November? Okay. But um, Phelan Daughtry, our yeah. Irish yeah. pastor that, yeah. that I've quoted many times, Yeah. Um, I saw online where he was going to be and is going to be in Branson, Missouri in early November next year. Uh, he's one of like four, four or five speakers at a conference on a weekend Okay. at some some resort place in Branson, Missouri. All right. And I thought, well, he's going to be in the U.S. What else is he going to be doing? So he and I have communicated some through Messenger. All right. And it looks like right now it's probable that he will be able to, you know, we got to work out the logistics of how he's going to get from Branson to Lexington. Yeah. I, I may end up going all the way to Branson to get him. I don't okay. know. We're, we're, right. we got to work out the details of this. All right. But that there's a good chance that he will be, and he would stay with him and his wife will be with him. They would stay with us in our home for four or five days okay. before they fly back to well, Ireland. That'd be cool. And um, and I told him, well, we'd have to have you into for a, yeah. you know, a couple of episodes of our of our podcast. Yeah, and we'll have times to get together for a house. I don't know. I've I've wondered. You know, we've talked before about having some type of a Fields Brothers retreat or something. You know, I thought, well, this might be the thing to trigger something like that. But he's he has to fly out no later than the next Saturday. So, you know, he doesn't have another. It's going to be mainly during the week, yeah. which will probably be hard to pull off a retreat. Okay, so for, so for that be, may not work. For people anyway. who want to follow him, spell <clears throat> his name for them so they can look him up. Can you Phelim, P-H-E-L-I-M, Phelim Doherty. I hope I'm saying that. D-O-H-E-R-T-Y. Right. He's in Ireland. 
Okay. He's a veterinarian as well. Oh, really? Uh, Pastor, he's the one that had that great analogy. I've read his book. It has a great book. Um, he's the one that had the analogy about the animal getting caught in a trap, hmm. in which he has experienced as a veterinarian. Yeah. People yeah. have a you know their pet gets caught in, a, in some type of a, a trap, and the harder the animal strives, and there's a certain type of trap that is designed yeah. to have string or wires in and all that. The more you try to get out of it, the tighter it gets. And that, that is a great analogy of religion. And yeah. I've got another good analogy I came across this week of religion. But um, so it's interesting his insights. But one of the I, I'd actually had this quote already written out to, to bring out. Um, he had mentioned recently, I don't know if this is in a message or on a, when it was, but he said, uh, when we preach principles, we end up with the best educated orphanage in the kingdom. Yeah. And that there is so much of teaching principles that is really not the life. Yeah. There's no life. Well, let me that. give you a you scripture. Know, okay. It's, I think it's, we're it's, related to so, so anyway, we're excited about the, the, the good possibility of having Phelan here in our area. Yeah. In Central Kentucky next November and on our podcast. So we may we'll have to remind folks details. again. I'm thinking we might forget before next November. And I will, but, uh, um, I'll also get the name of that conference. So if anyone wants to attend that okay. conference, they know right. where that is or okay. where, when that is exactly how to do that. Okay. All right. What do you got? This kind of struck me again. This is in Galatians 2 and it's in verse 19. And. There's a couple things here. Of course, Galatians 2.20 is a very well-known verse. But 2.19 says, we're through the law. And we say law, we mean the approach to God where it's based on obeying God's commandments. That's you know the approach to him that the Bible calls that the law. So through the law, um, we I died to the law that I might live for God. Mm-hmm. You're to God. And uh, her live well, mine says for God, but the idea being that you know if you don't if you don't let go of that whole approach of trying to the do's and don'ts and the obedience of commands to try to have a relationship with God, if you don't let go of that, you're not going to have a good relationship yeah. with God. You have to let go of that so that you can live for God or to God. And that's the constant temptation, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's the constant. That's what Galatians now, into it. Here's another thing that struck me. Of course, we we love you. Know, verse 20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I like the fact that it talks about this is all about relationships still. It's not just a transaction. You know, It's about he loved you and gave himself for me. But I like verse 21, it's too. It says in, in the English Standard Version, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. I think a lot of Christians just set it aside. They just set aside the grace of God. Yeah, that is a fr- that is an interesting it, phrase. It, it, wait, I do not set aside the grace yeah, of God. I just set that aside. Like I understand it. I got it. It's but we'll just set that aside. You know, <laughs> it's really about yeah. your prayer life, it's your ornamental. Bible reading program. So it's kind of ornamental. It's kind of there, but it's peripheral. We'll just set it over here. Yeah. I mean, do you like that? I'll kind of, cool, yeah. ornamental. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's set ornamental. it over there. Kind of yeah. look at it every now and yeah. then, but it's not. Yeah. But I just think that that's an interesting way of saying that the term. Just set aside the grace. Okay. Not like I disagree with the grace of God. It's not like I'm going to fight you about the grace. But we're going to set it over here. I mean, that's what people do. Though. And so when we and so how do we do that? When when we try to think by keeping rules as for the message, you know, he yeah. always comes rule keeping instead yeah. of law keeping, which I think is a good way. Principles. This relates to failing principles. And when we yeah. teach principles, so when we teach principles. 
we're just setting aside yeah, the grace I, for a second. I mean, there's, there's never really been a time in our lives where we disagreed with the grace yeah. of God. No, yeah. no, we're against the grace of God. You know, <laughs> But we'll just set it aside. It's not really primary. It's kind of like, well, okay, I guess that helped us get in this program. It's in a display case. Yeah, you know, but we'll of, just set know. it over here. You know, it's like... <laughs> It's like when somebody gives you a gift for Christmas. You're like, it's okay. We'll just put it like it's an ornament. We'll just put it on the mantle over here. We got it. We can look at it every now and then, but it's not a big deal. We set it aside. And that's what we end up doing. I like that. So let me tell you one of the things on my mind. All right. Um, at the risk of sounding a little bit uh, bold and audacious, um, I think I've come up with an entirely new um, – Theological framework. Framework? Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, you got, as I see it, you kind of got three major theological frameworks. You got Calvinism, you got Arminianism, <laughs> you got Universalism. Oh, no. All these different falls, falls into one of those categories. Oh. I've got a fourth one. Oh, I think yeah. it's time we're, for we're a fourth gonna, one. I see get the emails on this already. <laughs> I can see this coming. Right. This may overlap with all those others. I call it Lucensianism. Loose Enzianism. As loose in ends. loose ends. Okay. So what 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 has really occurred to me lately is all of these major doctrinal systems have Bible verses that they have a hard time explaining. Oh yeah. Yeah. They all have their favorite ones. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of make their point and they all camp out on those yeah. and spend ninety percent right. of the time on those and then only deal with the others when asked. Right. But then these other <laughs> ones, they yeah. all have hard ones to explain that seem to contradict what what they teach and so we all get really creative i'm trying to squeeze it's it's, this, it's the square peg and a round hole type of thing okay why that verse and, and they all do it we all do it and so this is not leaning toward one more or the other this is why this verse doesn't really mean what it says this verse means and then you jump through this hoop this hoop and this hoop oh okay yeah so it means that and actually, I, I actually don't believe what I'm getting ready to say here, but it but it has crossed my mind that someday when we see God face to face, when it comes to some of these verses in the Bible, I thought, what if God would say, "Yeah, I just I just put those in to mess with you," you know? <laughs> oh <laughs> just, gosh! Oh, <laughs> okay. But anyway, but where I'm getting with this, well, Jeff said the following views and opinions may not necessarily represent those I don't of the entire Fields Brothers show. I, I don't <laughs> actually believe that. But you would think, after two thousand years, if it was just a matter of knowing the Greek and Hebrew better, if it was just a matter of yeah, well. studying harder, because you got in every one of those camps, you got extremely knowledgeable, smart, sincere, gracious, loving people. All right. And well, so what I so this Lucensianism is and everyone has to explain every verse. And so what Lucensianism is, you kind of believe what you believe and what what God has seemed to reveal to you. And if someone comes up with a verse that's hard to explain, instead of coming up with some, you know, well I'll get back to you, you just say, you know, that's a good point. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure how that fits in. And just leave that loose ends hang. So the phrase, the motto is love one another and let the loose ends hang. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm fine with that. I might fine. But I, you know, I wasn't going to say this, but you kind of teed me up here to do this. All right. Now, this is one of those things. I'm, I'm not saying this is a doctrinal position. I'm just saying it makes sense to me. You tell me where I'm wrong. 
Okay. All right. Oh, I'll tell you where you're wrong. All right. You don't have That's to, all you don't right. Have to now, ask me to do that. When okay, so you've got Jesus interrupts Paul on his way, and his name was never changed from Saul to Paul, by the way. He had a Greek name and a Hebrew name. But anyway, so Saul or Paul. He um on the road to Damascus and he's blind, he goes Ananias, and then he's given a specific job, correct? To the Gentiles. To the Gentiles. Yeah. I think we gloss over that. So here's my point on oh, that. Oh, there's some groups that do not gloss over that, I well, assure you, but maybe okay. we have. Well, I think in the main church we have, for instance, I, I think I'm a Gentile. Yep. He is the one that God chose to present this to me. Mm-hmm. Agree? I, I, now, there's nothing wrong I love, so far what you I said. love Peter's epistles. I love 1 John. I got a little struggle with James. We've dealt with that before. <laughs> All right. James is not an apostle, but whatever. But even then, I think maybe there's some things even in, in John and Peter's writings that maybe Jews would have understood a little bit better because they have that framework where Paul was specifically called by God, by Jesus, with a pretty dramatic calling. Your job, buddy, according to Jesus, is to tell <laughs> the, 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 the explain this. <laughs> That's the Greek word for buddy. Yeah, to the now. Here's my. Let me give you three verses about this. Now, in Acts chapter nine, verse fifteen, uh, he said, "The Lord said to him, Go, for he is my chosen, my chosen instrument mm-hmm. to carry my name before the Gentiles." And and Gentiles, I, I mean, let's highlight that for a second. And that day for the Jews, Gentiles wasn't just like. Okay, we're Americans and they're Europeans. You know, it's not just another. Oh yeah, I it mean, was it a, was a very derogatory. Oh, no, it was very type cultural. Of, the divide was huge, and and not in a good way. Right. I mean, they really. I mean, that was like saying a bunch of sinners. You know, a bunch yeah. of pagans. Well, yeah. yeah. And okay. then in Acts twenty-two and verse twenty-one, he says, "I'm going to send you far away to the Gentiles." Mm-hmm. Okay, three times, and then in Acts twenty-six. Verse 17 is, I'm delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Mm-hmm. Okay, So all I'm saying is a lot of doctrinal issues I think get resolved if you say, okay, from a Gentile perspective, if we just take and we set aside Paul's writing, say he's our primary source. Okay. Okay. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying first John or John's epistles and Peter's or I love some of the stuff in there, but I'm saying the one that explains it the best to a Gentile is the Apostle Paul. Yeah. I agree with that. Now you have waited. I think you've waited farther in an area than than you realize. Okay, um, there is a a fairly substantial uh, group of folks, group of uh, fellow children of God, and and I would not agree with this, but they are absolutely convinced that there are two gospels: that Paul's gospel was one, and that Peter, James, and John taught a different gospel. Yeah, I don't and that, I mean they would. Really, I mean, they would be shouting amen to what all of you said, but they've taken it much, much farther than I think yeah, you want yeah, to take Yeah, I don't it. believe that. So I, mean, I think there's just one gospel. Yeah, so yeah, I don't Paul think there's two gospels. clear about that in, in Galatians. But I can assure you there's a lot of folks that yeah. that have noticed that yeah. and have created a whole, you know, gone really ran with it in that. I, I don't think they're right, you know. No, I don't think right? they're right either. I mean, who knows? You know, but I don't think so, but I'm not yeah. there. But I think in general, if we don't go that far, yeah, I would agree that um, – 
That, and that, I that, think, can, that can help understand some of And from a Gentile perspective, it does seem to me that you get a clear understanding of the gospel through Paul's writings. Now, maybe it's only because I'm a Gentile. Maybe if I was Jewish, I wouldn't see it that way. But Paul was the one that was sent to me. And he also, even aside from the Jew and Gentile thing, that's uh, one Brad Robertson points out that kind of helped me. He's the only one that was, if we use the, and I think we can use the word discipled, he's the only one that was discipled by the ascended Jesus. Yeah. You know, he did have that time, um, the ascended Jesus being taught one-on-one with that. So I think there's some significance to that too. But, you know, I think there's, I'm just more and more hesitant to to feel like I have to explain every single verse and all well, that. I, and I agree with that. I agree with so what you're saying. I, agree I think we're basic, all going to be yeah. surprised of yeah. how, how little we knew. We I all see have, through a glass darkly. Right. I don't have to answer that. every problem. I, may, you may be thinking something else. I saw, and I'll just go ahead and say the name, but I always saw a video by MacArthur, John MacArthur. Mm-hmm. You know, John MacArthur has really become the doctrinal hound dog. For some, you know, He sniffs yeah. out heresies. <clears> and I thought, you know, so so there's one video where he shows different people and the heresy. They, so he's all, of course, he, he hates Osteen, so he goes after Osteen. Yeah. He goes after a whole bunch of people, you know. Paul Young, I'm sure. Well, that's well, not on this list. I'm well, sure he yeah, would not yeah, like Paul Young. Yeah. But then he goes after T.D. Jakes. Now, T. Mm-hmm. now I'm not, and I'm not a huge fan of T.D. Jakes, okay? Just, but he only went after him for him, which I had not heard this before. Apparently, T.D. Jakes kind of came out of the, the oneness Pentecostal where they believe in what they call modalism, where there's not a trinity. You have God the Father who then manifested as Jesus, and then Jesus manifests okay. as the Holy Spirit. Okay. So it's one person that manifests three different ways, okay. which I totally believe. That's, that's not scriptural. Yeah. And, you know, you can't, there's, I don't see how you hold that position when you have Jesus being baptized and you have the Father saying stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. we're big believers so, in the Trinity. Yeah, yeah. big believers in the Trinity. So I, I, but here's the thing. Is that really a heresy? I mean, yeah. it's a dumb, <laughs> do, and not every dumb doctrine is a heresy. Okay. I heard someone say you say. Then, I heard this the other while back. Say you say heresy as if it's a bad word. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, you right. Say yeah, that's true. <laughs> now, now, here's what I thought was really interesting, though. So then, and then he comes up um, with um, um, Andy Stanley. I'm thinking, Andy, what's the, what's he going with? Andy? You're not. You're going to love this. So here's his big beef with Andy Stanley. <laughs> I'm thinking. So Andy apparently during COVID basically made a statement. You know, you really don't have. To meet together Uh-oh. as a as a group, you know. Well, that you know, yeah. I mean, that was Sirens like going off. you know. Then of course, then you have to throw out the scripture: "Do not forsake the fellowship," which means that a lot of people. All that means is you got to show up on yeah. Sunday morning or a, a weekend service of some kind, you know. But I thought, you know. The circle I mean, keeps getting smaller and smaller, it sounds I mean, like. Yeah, it's like, really? How many non-heretics are left? It, it's like, it's one thing. To, I think there's a lot of really dumb doctrines out there, but that doesn't mean they're all heresies. And you think these people had all their theology together in the first century, these believers? You think they thought through all of that? Yeah. You know, I mean, really. I just That just amazes me, that the things that we just, you know, we, we so strive for doctrinal purity that that really the relationship becomes kind of a second tier thing. You, know, you realize what important. you're doing here. What am I doing? You are talking like a true Lucensinarianism. Yeah, well, oh yeah, <laughs> I said that wrong. But oh yeah, I mean, I, I think you're really, I think I, you're a Lucensinarianist. Yeah, well, That's how yeah. you say that. So <laughs> that is funny. I think. Okay. I, think, uh, I mean, up. it's like it's like oh, these guys this I mean, it's like okay, yes, that is a dumb doctrine, but is it really? Is it heresy? Yeah, and is it is it worth fighting over yeah i mean and, and, you, and you think about how the world you know yeah looks at that i mean that just convinces them more than ever that well i don't want any part of that you know at some so. point somebody needs to say yeah that's probably not 
a scriptural viewpoint. We don't agree, but it's not. It does not disqualify you to have your faith in Jesus and what He's accomplished for you. I mean, I just so anyway. Okay, that that this I can't remember who uh, where I came across this the other day, but so this has to do with Calvinists. But it, so so think of Calvinism, but also think of the question. You know, one of the big questions out there that some people have asked is, will will dogs go to heaven? You know, will there be that's it's a question pets. people are asking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, will there be pets? And it's usually dogs. <laughs> no one asks if there'll be cats in heaven for some reason, or at least I haven't. But okay. Uh, somebody like, the following views of the uh, pages may not necessarily represent those. If you like, you love your cat, I'm sorry. I just don't know. But, but uh, I mean, David Reagan had a video yeah. about oh, it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. the question is, and I don't have a strong viewpoint either way here. Uh-huh. We'll say that. But so the so think about that question. Okay, will there be dogs in heaven? Okay. So, so oh, gosh. If, if the answer is if the answer is yes, there'll be dogs in heaven. And if the Calvinists are right, does that mean that only some dogs will be in heaven? Well, <laughs> is the election applied to dogs as well? Okay, well, I have other questions about Calvinism too. But, okay, so if, if, if dogs go in heaven, first of all, I would like to say this. <clears throat> I've had, in my life, I've probably had six or seven dogs. I kind of hope most of them don't make it to heaven, <laughs> personally. The one I have now, I would be fine. And surely you'd be fine with Snoopy that you and I grew up with. I guess, yeah. I, mean, I, I guess. I wasn't what that close to Snoopy. I wasn't that. Okay, fine. Snoopy can go to heaven. <laughs> but most of my dogs, I would be a little disappointed. Some of my dogs were really not great dogs. I mean, right. some of them were really an irritating. Some of them I had to give away. I mean, I, some of them I, you know, I had to find other homeless workers. They just were not feeding into my family. Snoopy, by the way, was a miniature dachshund that we grew up with, yeah. basically. Okay, it, fine. it was an integral part of our family, and I can't believe you're just well, dismissing Snoopy that easily. Yeah, so, I'm sorry. I'm not, I was not I'm that attached either. to Snoopy. Now, but, I, Sedona, my Aussie doodle, I think Sedona's a great dog. I hope Sedona goes to heaven. But my other dog, like, Okay. Enough talk. of that. Okay. Anyway, the other thing, this is a great analogy um, came across that um, trying to make ourselves accept, acceptable to God is like a man on a life raft in the ocean that drinks salt water that just makes him more thirsty. You know, if you're if you're in a life raft in the middle of the ocean, you're you're literally dying of thirst. Yeah. And you got all this salt water around you. You have this mystified look. Yeah, at your I'm face. not sure I'm okay, following this. Let me explain analysis. this. Let you me explain this. Give me some clarity. So you're on a raft. You're thirsty, and you got this salt water all around you. And the temptation is to drink in the salt water. But if you drink the salt water, it's going to make. It's not going to help your situation. Right. It's going to make it worse. All right. And so if we feel separated from God, if we feel like God doesn't accept us. Then we got religion all around us, all these things we can do to try to get closer to God. But if we dive into those, not only is it going to, it's not going to quench the thirst, it's going to make us even more thirsty. And we're still not, it's still not doing much for you, is it? Here? No, you, you know, I'm there. not so sure. That's a little disconnect. Well, yeah. So the guy on the raft is dying of thirst and he's our illustration of the grace of God and somebody who's not. No, he's the, he's the, but he's, he's not, the if illust- he, so if he doesn't drink the salt water, what's he do? He, he dies. Right? Well, so you see, you're carrying the analogy too yeah, far. Yeah, I mean, okay. So you now someone right. someone brings right. him a lot of fresh water. Someone, you know, a cruise ship comes along and rescues him. If you want to carry it on, you're there. Okay, so before all right. the, okay, before right. the grace ship comes along, okay. and gives him fresh water. He's don't drink to, the salt water. Okay, so, all right. So all right. the all right. salt water to your thirst is what religion is to your to your thirsty soul. But he who believes in Jesus said, "He who believes in me will." Rarely thirst. Is that what Jesus said? Never he who thirst, believes in yeah. me won't be near as thirsty or we'll never thirst, every time right. you get, no, he who believes in me will never thirst. And so we do not thirst. Okay. So All right. I have to ponder that one. Well, obviously bit, so. that, that okay. did a little bit more for, um, for me than it did for you. I think, 
I like my analogies to go a little further than that one, but that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all right with that. All right, what else you got? Oh, I, I mean, I think I'm pretty well. Uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty well done here. Some of these things, but they would involve right, let me a, conversation. Let me ask so. you, and we, we might <laughs> tackle this at another time, but let me ask you a question. I, this is one that's always, I've always pondered for years and years, is what exactly is the kingdom of God? There's so much about this mm-hmm. that Jesus talked about, Paul talked about it. You know, Paul said that he was there to, uh, at the end of chap- the book to of the Acts. At the very end of the book of Acts, yeah. He says, yeah, I'm preaching, proclaiming the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So what is it? And so then you have, you know, First Corinthians talks about the kingdom of God. Um, Jesus, a lot of the parables said the kingdom of God is like, like for mm-hmm. instance, what does this mean? Luke 13 the kingdom of God is like, he says, what shall I compare it? It's like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in the garden, and it grew up and became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. And he said, again, what do I compare to the kingdom of God? Well, it's like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it is all leavened. So what is that? Jesus so, said the kingdom of God is within you. Yes, within you, but what? but what... Give me a clear definition. Well, I mean, we, we've talked about this before. The verse that always comes to my mind is the, I think it's Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Okay. So that's Paul to the Gentiles, our, our Gentile guy. Right. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, of course, Christ is our righteousness. Christ is our peace. Uh, I think we could say Christ is your joy. I don't know what that phrase is actually in Scripture, but so in the Holy Spirit, uh, it's a spiritual kingdom it, as opposed to it's light well, versus darkness that. all that. So. First Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not consistent <clears throat> in talk but of power. So it is a divine ability or something, mm-hmm. but righteous peace and joy. But anyway, we might hit this again, but I think that uh, then when you get into... Um, it's a reality. It's a reality. But the fact that Jesus says it grows. Mm-hmm. Now, we have a relationship with God that's paid for. That relationship doesn't change. It's, it's solid. Mm-hmm. It's secure. It's eternal. But there is something about growing into that relationship. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think... You understand yeah, there, it better. You like, grow with your understanding. It's like, you know, we have Christ within us. The kingdom of God is within us. We have the life of God within us. But there is there is a growth in that. Yeah. That doesn't make it, doesn't change the nature of it. Right. It, it just, it, it comes to fruition. But isn't it interesting, though, that Jesus uses two analogies there to talk about growth? It's a seed that grows into a tree, leaven that grows and leavens. Yeah. It's something that expands. Okay. One of the things, and we don't have much time on this, but the parable of the sower, you know, you got the four mm-hmm. types of seeds and all mm-hmm. that, so back to the seeds. I heard something new I never thought of the other day on this that, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you got, is that four types of people? And, you know, because three of the four are bad and only mm-hmm. one of the four is really worth and you just hope you're the, you know, the last one and all that. But someone said, and I think this might be right, that those are not four different people. Those are four, we can see as four different stages within all of us. And that it, you know, a progression within each of us until generally, you know, and so that goes with kind of a little yeah. bit of what you're saying there. Yeah. So we we'll may talk more about that later. But anyway, well, so. I got more thoughts about this. We may tackle this on another podcast. I got more thoughts about this. So the next podcast after this one will be Christmas yep. Day. Be our Christmas special. <laughs> our Christmas podcast special from the field. We have to wear Hold on. Sweaters or something? Or I don't know. I have to think oh. through that. 